All right, today on the Star Parent Podcast, it's Lorraine and Anne Celeste. We're here to discuss boundaries. Oh my goodness, boundaries, especially in the beginning of the year. Anne Celeste, I'm so happy that you're here. Such a pleasure to be here always. So I probably shared this with you a little bit, but I'm going to update our listeners. I have two sisters and they're older than me. One's seven years older than me. One is nine years older than me. And for literally my entire life, I've always felt this kind of competitive nature. Like they didn't necessarily like me that much. Um, I've never really felt close to them. And now that we're adults, it's very clear that we're just, just not getting along. And it's been a couple years now where I haven't talked to one of my sisters. Um, and I, it's affecting, I guess my whole family, like my mom kind of just gave me this ultimatum recently. Like I want all of the children talking again, and I want you to be talking with your sister. I'm not going to go through another year of you guys not talking. And it's like, I have so much on my plate right now, especially with Sparrow being 18 months and I'm pretty much rocking this whole parenting thing alone. I don't have more time or energy to, to give that, that space. So I've chosen to really put a very clear boundary with my sister and now even my mom. And I'm, I'm this time around, I'm being a lot more respectful and kind of stating what my needs are. I was communicating via email and text not shutting it completely down, but I just feel that for me, this is the right thing to do because in the past, I've been so afraid to, sh- to, to put up boundaries with my family members because I was afraid either to hurt their feelings. I didn't want them to feel like I was abandoning them or that we're separate. Um, I didn't want them to think that, oh, I'm better than you, so I don't need to talk to you. Um, and then also I didn't want anybody to be, anybody to be angry. Uh, I didn't want people to think that I was punishing them. Like, especially cause I have a young child. They think, oh, we need, you need to expose our child to the family. We want to, we want to know more about Sparrow and me not talking to you is like punishing them. And I like, I didn't want them to feel shame for stuff that that's happened in the past. And I didn't want people to think that I was being selfish or also cause I, I do consider myself very spiritual. And then they're like, oh, you're putting up boundaries. You're cutting people out of your life. How is that spiritual? It's like, oh yeah, that's true. You know, am I, am I being a good person by putting boundaries? Am I being too critical or judgmental? But even after evaluating all those reasons, I've still come up with a conclusion that it's, it's, it's a good thing for me right now to put boundaries with these particular family members because it's it's so it's hurting me it's mm-hmm. hurting me so much and I just I don't know and Celeste how do you feel about that as like a ther- a family therapist what do you tell your clients in these situations I mean it's it's such a normal thing that happens in families I don't know if I've worked with a family yet where there wasn't some type of cutoff that happens and boundaries are actually a way to have a prevent a cutoff from being traumatic. You're not at that full cutoff yet. You're trying to prevent that from happening. 
and your boundaries are like an extension of you, some line is being crossed, some response is happening that doesn't feel good or safe. You don't feel open. You don't feel ready. You don't feel the other parties are ready to heal this. And so you're saying not now, if we force it, we're just going to repeat our old pattern. We're going to go back into our old cycles and it's going to do more harm than good. And people don't always like boundaries, but that doesn't mean they don't benefit from them. Like actually your family is benefiting from you having these boundaries. Cause if the alternative is things are going to escalate or you're going to go and pretend and cut off on some other level, they don't benefit from either of those things. Mm-hmm. So you saying like, now is not the time. We're not really ready for this. I need you to respect me. That's a different form of love. Mm. You know, um, because you know, like there's a lot of deep-rooted jealousy, or as you were saying, competition, old patterns take time and energy and space to rework. And you know, I, I think your mom's sentiment, it's very common for a mom, especially in that generation, to be like, I don't, I can't stand the fact that my kids aren't talking. It's so painful for me that I can't have both of my kids together. But what she's not experiencing is the pain that you're going through of what happens when you do interact. And she's saying, we'll just solve it. That would be great, but there you have to go through a process to solve it. And everyone needs to feel ready. Mm-hmm. So what I've also often seen is one child being ready. Okay. I'll, I'll talk through it. I'll repair. I'll write a letter. And then the other sibling doesn't just wants the apology. They don't want to do any work. And the parents like, well, you just apologize and then everything will be fine. We'll pretend like nothing happened, Mm -hmm. which isn't really a repair, right? Like, yeah. So your mom's not actually asking for the repair process. She's saying, get over your part and just fit back into the system, which isn't working anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've had clients who have, yeah, had a client and she wrote letters to her brother. She tried to explain what was so hard for her. She tried to repair and it was rejected every time. And yet she was the child that the parent was like, well, you have to just forgive your brother and get over this. She's like, I'm doing all the work and I'm, that's not fair. It's not fair for it to be one way. So at the end of the day, you have to honor yourself. You only get your life. You don't have, you have no control if your sister is ready to heal with you. You have no control if your mom is willing to help heal in that process or do the work you only have control with you and you know right now you have too many other things going on and if you do it it's not going to come out in a way that's going to feel good you know so it's a boundary with you too you're respecting your own boundary right and in the meantime like you were saying boundaries are good because like during this process i'm like painting more i'm writing more i'm dancing more i'm going through my own process of letting go of those feelings and Get, getting myself ready to forgive. Yeah. So it's like, this, this is the work that I'm doing and it, it, it's empowering me. And Absolutely. It's, it's making me realize the things that I don't want for myself Yay! anymore. Mm-hmm. And things that, I, that are not mine to hold. Yes. And, you know, one of the things I realized too, when I was talking to my mom and I realized that it, it made her upset, but it's something that I needed to point out 
you know, she has a sister that I've never met in my entire life. Why? Because my mom doesn't talk to her. So I kind of said something that wasn't so kind. And I said to her, after you're done having tea with your sister, I'll call my sister. And that's when she lost her, lost it. And, and my dad was like, Lorraine, that wasn't so kind of you to say. And it was true. It wasn't the kindest thing to say, but it was the point that I had to make. Like, please don't expect me to do something that you haven't accomplished yet. Absolutely. And that, I think like that was your little kid coming out, uh, your little child coming out with your mom, yeah. right? Being like, you're asking me to do something that you haven't taught me how to do. You haven't modeled to me how to repair with my sister. You've shown me that the way to deal with this is to not talk to your sister. So I've learned this from you. And I don't mean that in a judgmental way. This is intergenerational trauma, right? And it's probably why it hurts your mom even more so is because she doesn't want to see you go through what she went through. Mm -hmm. But of course, we don't express those deeper things. We kind of say on the surface. And I think you're right. It's so important to have boundaries around, like you have your boundary with your sister. And then there's boundaries with your mom. And families need boundaries, especially children and their parents, especially adult children Mm -hmm. and their parents. Hey, I don't talk to you about politics because we always end up fighting because we have different belief systems. We don't talk about money because the way you manage money and the way I manage money is very different. We don't talk about this particular family member who causes us to always fight, you know? So, um, you know, my sister had a cutoff with my mom at some point in their life. And she needed to do that for her sanity, her, and both, and their relationship. Mm-hmm. And the contract with me and my sister was, I wasn't allowed to talk about my mom with her. And she wasn't allowed to talk about my mom with me mm-hmm. because I was like, if you're not willing to heal with her, I'm still in the middle of this. We need to respect that until you're ready to really talk about it. We can't talk about it. And, you know, it's okay to say to your mom, hey, can we talk about Sparrow? Can we talk about, you know, other, we can talk about all these other things. And that's something important to know with boundaries and cutoffs. We can isolate and quarantine what's unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And we can continue to have a huge relationship with all the other parts that are. We can still have love for our parents, have connection with them and not go to those places we haven't figured out yet. Mm-hmm. Say, I'm, these are all the things that we can connect on, but that's one topic that we're not going to, I'm not going to go, I'm going to gently hang up the phone and wish you a good night and talk to you another time. Yeah. And that's something I've had to encourage my clients to do, especially in this dynamic you're talking about where siblings who are not talking and they both talk to their parent and the parent always wants to go, well, have you repaired with your sibling? Why haven't you forgiven them yet? To say, mom, I can have a relationship with you, but that's off the table. That's the boundary, you know, and that's a practice. And I've seen like one of my clients, she ended up having a great relationship with her mom and they're still practicing this boundary five years later. And she and her mom see each other on a weekly basis they don't talk about the sibling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, that was my dad. My dad's put up very good boundaries with me in that respect. Like he's kind of in the middle mm-hmm. and he's just like, I've told everybody, if it's not a good, if it's not going to bring joy, I don't want to talk about it. 
and mm-hmm. that, has a lot, that has a lot to do with his own personality too like my dad's a seven on the enneagram scale and it's all about joy and feeling good and it's like he wants to consume as much joy as possible so when sad things happen he's just like no that's not mm-hmm. for me and my dad's like almost in his 80s so it's like he's very clear about himself for me I have a lot of pride and same with my mom so coming to the repair sometimes it like it triggers that righteousness in me and Mm -hmm. I know I'm I'm aware of it but some people are not aware I'm aware of it to the point where I can be like okay I know my pride's kicking in and I have to do this even though I feel this way because Mm -hmm. I know that this is not going to lead me into into a good avenue Have you ever wondered how certain personalities put boundaries in place with other people? Well, when you're in your light, meaning healthy and doing actions with love, you act a certain way. And when you're in your shadow, meaning fear guided, you do act very, very differently as well. We've put together a spreadsheet that basically explains how different personalities put boundaries in place. If you're interested in having a copy, please email us email us at the star parent podcast at gmail.com. One of the boundaries that we've put in place for us is that we really want to work with people who are seeking knowledge and seeking tools to make themselves better. We don't want to just put out content and do all this extra work for people who don't want it. So if you want this information, we have it for you. Send us an email at the star parent podcast at gmail.com and we'll definitely send you a copy of this spreadsheet to show how different personalities put boundaries in place. Let's get back to Anne Celeste. Um, for some other people, it's like they're, they're, um, what I'm looking for, they withdraw. They withdraw because they don't want to, to feel that they, they just want to be complacent and they don't want to, to keep, to be involved in that icky feeling. Mm-hmm. So they completely withdraw and they don't say anything. So I guess the or they don't want it to escalate, right? Yeah. Like one person is like, I want to get to the solution. Another person's like, I don't want this to escalate. And then when you match those two people together, it can be really unhealthy, yeah. right? Yeah. Where one person is like, but we need to solve this. The other person's like, this is terrifying to me. And it's like, why don't you care? And the more that person pushes, the more the other person pulls away. This is the attachment cycle of like, anxious, preoccupied, and dismissive avoidant, which happens not just in romantic couples, it happens in families too, where that, you, you know. A bit more? If you'd like to know more about the different attachment styles, Anne Celeste has left a recording in the bonus material, and it beautifully describes the different attachment styles that you'll see in different types of personalities. And if you couple this with the Enneagram types, it really gives you a deeper perspective of yourself and the people around you, especially your partners and friends. And you can be more compassionate and understanding to yourself and others how they react when they're feeling abandoned or rejected. Thank you for listening. So yeah, attachment is the way that we, from the time we're children, we um, bond with other people and it shapes us. Now it's a spectrum, right? So people can either be um, 
attached in a secure way where they trust other people, they they want intimacy, they're comfortable receiving it, and it kind of ebbs and flows. Um, some people are anxious, so they're always kind of like, well, maybe this person doesn't really care about me. They have like a lot of insecurity around that. They need um, a certain amount of reassurance, and there'll be this chasing, and they'll be preoccupied with, oh, this person, they, 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 they really crave to feel the intimacy and they're not feeling like they're getting enough. Um, and then the avoidant dismissive can be more, um, I feel overwhelmed by intimacy or, um, I need time to process it. I can shut down when it, when someone is asking too much of me. I mean, that's not that, you know, anxious people can still want their independence and, and avoiding people can still want intimacy, but it's these patterns that play out. And then there's also a chaotic or um, disorganized attachment, which is I want intimacy, but I'm also afraid of it. Like I've gone through a certain amount of trauma. So I both um, have my foot on the gas and the brake at the same time. So these are styles that people develop and change constantly through their lives. But there's a certain marriage that happens between someone who's anxiously attached and someone who's avoidantly attached where they end up in this cycle with each other. Um, I had it with my grandma and I would go over to see her and she would be like, you never come to visit me. You never come to call. And like, you're just totally absent. You always want to see everyone else. Who's not me. And she would like blow up at me. And I was like, but I'm here now and I'm visiting. (laughs) And then I would leave quickly. You know, I'd be there and I'd be like, I just want to get out of here. Like she's, you know, but underneath it, what was she experiencing? I love my grandchild. I miss them terribly. I don't feel like I'm getting enough of them. And instead of expressing that in that way, I chase them and I criticize them and I, you know, try to suck out (laughs) that need from them. And for me, instead of saying, I want to do a good enough job. I want to be a good enough kid. I'm trying, but if I feel like I'm doing a bad job or that I've messed up, I want to go hide. Mm-hmm. But the more I would go hide, the more she would feel hurt and put me down for it. And then the more she put me down for it, the more I would. And then yes. this is such a common yeah, that's how cycle. I'm with my mom right now. I, I feel that I'm in that, in that little loop with her right now. And that's yeah. why I just, I promised my dad, and maybe I shouldn't be saying this, but I promised my dad that I would, you know, do some, send emails, send pictures of Sparrow, keep sending the videos just to keep that connection so we don't escalate. Things don't escalate and make things worse. And that's what I was talking to you about quarantining, right? And I think that's a wise sage advice from him. Don't, Don't feel the need to push about processing about your sister and what's happening there but you can still talk about Sparrow with her, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe talking isn't the language that's going to work right now. It's emailing or messaging. Respect that communication boundary. Mm-hmm. But you can still keep the relationship going, you know, while keeping the boundary going and yeah. separating. Absolutely. Now, for our listeners, I, what comes up for me is like, when you have to set boundaries with the people that you live with, Mm. like let's just say you got to set boundaries with your 13 year old 
mm-hmm. or your 13 year old setting boundaries with you you know how how does that dynamic work within the home like let's just give i'll give you an example 13 year olds upset with a parent for not buying something that they really particularly wanted and they feel justified within their emotions and they're choosing not to communicate with that particular parent they're at the dinner table and they're not talking to that parent how how does that parent process and repair without giving in mm-hmm. i mean i think if we take that particular scenario apart, right, our behaviors are a representation of our need, right? So that 13-year-old has a need that's coming out in this behavior of silent treatment, stonewalling, right? So the parent has to kind of be detective a little bit and be and not give in to buying them what they want and saying, okay, they're upset, they're angry, they're dysregulated. And they're not ready to talk to me about it. And I can't force them to talk to me about it. And to, and to even model back to, like, they can repair by saying, yeah, you're really upset right now. And you don't have anything nice to say. And that's, you need time. You need time to regulate that. You know what I mean? And to give their, to kind of like give it back to the teenager, right? Because, Maybe if the teenager is like trying to be manipulative, I don't know. Or maybe they're just really upset and this is their tactic to kind of get, parents need to learn always how to get a little bit bigger than Mm, their children, right? Because if you're in it at the same level of them, same, how do you get on the outside of that perspective? Yeah, because like a lot of parents that I've spoken to, they're in it and it's like child is coming to the table and they're not communicating. And so one parent was sharing with me like, if you can't come to the table with joy, you're not, you're not welcome at the table. And so, that's a fair boundary in return. Go sit in your room, have your dinner there. If you're going to sit with all these other people and you're going to be yelling at us in silence, have your dinner somewhere else. That's my boundary with you, right? I understand you're upset. You're entitled to your feelings, we can't always have our feelings become behaviors that are taken out on other people. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be angry. It's not okay to be aggressive towards someone with your anger. It's okay to be jealous. It's not okay to manipulate someone with your jealousy. It's okay to be shut down and not want to talk about it. It's not okay to sit at the dinner table and to make everyone uncomfortable with your silence. So I think that parent giving a boundary to a boundary is, is okay. Mm, I like that. Giving a boundary yeah. to a boundary is okay. That's so good. Recently, I've been putting boundaries up with Sparrow, even just with breastfeeding, because before I used to be the breastfeeding on demand mom, and now he's 18 months, and it's like, no, it's my body. We're going to breastfeed when, it's, when I want to breastfeed, because I get so exhausted, so I have to plan it when I can rest after. Like I'm not going <laughs> to breastfeed before I have to do a bunch of dishes or do laundry, because I won't have the energy to do it. So I'll do my dishes and laundry first and Mm -hmm. then we're going to boob after. And it took him a couple, a couple of days, but it's now he's, he's, he knows when mom says we're going to boob after he's like, okay. And he goes off and he does his own thing and he might come back and be like booby. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to boob after. And he's like, okay. But you know, I struggled with that because for a while I was like, am I depriving him of, 
of nutrients and food. It's like, no, I can put milk in a cup and he can drink the milk from a cup. He's getting, he wants that experience of, of us being together and that's fine, but not right now. And you can sit and cuddle with him and not breastfeed him. You yeah. can still give him the attachment, right? So, and yeah. I think what you're saying is so helpful for the listeners to know is like, the child regulates, you're doing something that helps you regulate. And that actually probably calms him down and makes him feel really good about the process with you. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It is hard to have boundaries in the same household. And there's a balancing act between when you live with people taking the space and then coming back and processing it because people can be really good at like, okay, time out. And then everything is, nothing happened, right? Yeah, and that's where my pride kicks in. That's where I've been working so much on the pride part of coming back and not feeling like I'm weak or, or um, giving in because I want to repair. Yeah. That's for me, I've been taking that as a sign of strength. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, depending on the age of your kid, partners deal with this too, to have it be consensual. Okay, we need time right now. We're both too angry to talk clearly. And then a couple hours later, are you ready to talk now? No. Okay. At some point tonight or tomorrow morning, we're going to have to talk through this. So it's not um, forcing it to happen in the moment, but it's not allowing it to never happen either. And yes. that's that's the balance that we have to, and it's challenging because sometimes we're not ready. Yeah. <laughs> and it also, it takes sorry. away that, sorry, it takes away that, like, you know what people say, oh, don't go to bed angry. And it's like, sometimes that okay. happens, yeah. you know, yeah. and to put that stress on it that you have to solve it before we go to bed. No, mm-hmm. it's okay. Maybe people to- need to sleep first yeah. before they can come back to it. Yeah. yeah. It's so true. I, I, I saw this meme today, today, but like it said, nothing is funny when I've only had two hours of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was amazing too. It's like, we have to take care of our own needs before we can be there for others. Absolutely. Yeah, I really love that. I love that. And I love this conversation, Anne Celeste. I'm so glad that we can do this. And I just like our listeners too. If you have questions about boundaries, if you've got suggestions or even just like scenarios please pass this on to us. We're available through social media on Instagram. You can send us a message there or we have our email address, the starparentpodcast at gmail.com. And just, you know, in the heading, you can put in the subject heading, you can put in boundaries. You can put, hey, Anne Celeste, hey, Lorraine, whatever it is, just reach we out welcome. to us. Yeah. yeah we welcome all your questions. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, what does spiritual parenting mean to you? Because this is part of it. Whatever it is, just seek it ask for it and do whatever it takes to make you shine and you will thank you do you know how much we need your support well we do our numbers are low yet we have so many listeners please join us on instagram follow us Send us your email and help encourage us to just keep moving forward and building this, 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 what it is. We can make it together. Thank you. Find us on Instagram, the Star Parent Podcast. Our email address is starparentpodcast at gmail.com. And we're also on Facebook too, believe it or not. So find us. Bye.